Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This portion of the show is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck at a timeshare and want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at WesleyFinancialGroup.com. Let's go out to the hotline right now and welcome in the former NFL linebacker, the national champion at The Ohio State, and that, of course, is the... Bobby Carpenter, kind enough to join us right now on CBS Sports Radio on the Zach Gelb Show. Bobby, I know it's been a minute. How you been? I'm doing well, Zach. Thank you uh, for having me on. And we're right in the throngs here of college football season in the NFL. So, you know, I'm getting a whole lot better than that first week in November right now to about mid-January. Yeah, I can't wait. I actually have tickets this year for Michigan-Ohio State on Thanksgiving weekend. And that game is always juicy, but it gets juicier by the day with all this stuff going on in college football right now. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of times you know, when you have these issues that happen, they always say, you know, they drop breadcrumbs every day. But in this, it's almost been like a loaf of bread that's kind of fallen out of the sky. And if you work in the media, it just gets kind of weirder or juicier, however you want to look at it. There's just all different tentacles and things that are kind of uh, spawning off of this situation up there. And it's, you know, I don't take like a lot of pleasure and delight in it. I want to see this game be played. I want to make sure that it's on the up and up. I obviously, being a Buckeye alum, would love to see my Buckeyes win, but I don't want to see like Michigan not play in the CFP or not. Like, I want to see them not play in there because they lost it on the field, not because they're being punished in this way. Like, if it was before the season, that's a different deal, but we're so far down it now. It's just, I don't know. It it feels weird. So, if you were Tony Petiti, would you just punt and do nothing right now? See, that's, I don't know if you can do that because I, I know. You know, talking to some of the coaches across the Big Ten, that conference call got, got pretty heated, and people were very upset. And this isn't just an Ohio State thing. I mean, there was multiple coaches across this who have suspected it for a while. They've been kind of submitting things. And that's – when people talk about due process, like the evidence has been there, and it's been submitted not just like in the last couple of weeks. Like They've been submitting things over the last you know year and change. Like these schools were the ones that had all the information. So it's not like there's this big – investigation like you just kind of lay out what's before you and say okay is this this is this that like does this look real we'll submit some allegations we'll hear what their responses then move forward i mean i don't know if you suspend hardball if you suspend coaches like a fine i don't know if that really does this justice you know because to me this isn't you know a recruiting thing or you know some other nonsense like people there's people that have diminished like the stealing of signs and listen sign stealing act happens in game all the time like going back and forth, you're going to pick stuff up. You're going to understand, oh, when they do this, they do that. This is their check. 
but it's another thing to like if someone's even recording in game and then like oh we got someone going back and looking at it and then marrying it to the plays of what happened when you're when you've been given that that prism of history to look at things it makes it a heck of a lot easier and so that's when I look at this, like, and it's not a big deal. I go, dude, if you told me every play in the NFL if it was a run or a pass, I mean, that, that's what experience is for. Like, that's why you study tape. That's why you do all those things. So it matters a lot. Like, if you know what coverage the defense is going to be in as a quarterback or a coordinator, like, that makes your play calling that much easier as far as what you're ultimately going to do. So, you know, I think there is an element of that where there's you know, obviously competitive advantage. Um, hopefully that that is gone now and it would be much easier if they just got those stinking transistor radios, which if I have to hear someone else tell me it's too expensive or, you know, with the altering of the helmets, I'm like, listen, it's a weak six argument. guys need it. Yeah, it is. Then six guys need them. Three quarterbacks on offense and three defensive players. And that's what the NFL has. And like, they use all different helmets. It's not like everyone use, wears a uniform helmet in the NFL. So I, I don't want to hear all that nonsense. Talking to Bobby Carpenter right now. We were just talking about this before you got on. Greg Doyle comes out. I don't know if you're a Heisman Trophy voter. I am, but he's a Heisman Trophy voter as well. And Greg says, I'm not going to vote for J.J. McCarthy to preserve the integrity of the Heisman Trust Award. I argue that if J.J. lights it up on the field against Penn State and Ohio State when it's at a quote-unquote level playing field, how are you going to leave this guy off your ballot? I think that's absurd to keep him off the ballot right now and say – from the start, you're not going to vote for it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'd be giving Jim Harbaugh coach of the year, but as far as like <laughs> the players in this, yeah, I, I'm. I am a Heisman voter, and honestly, as I've been going through this, I haven't really thought of this like impacting an individual player. Whether you know, you know, let's say you know Blake Horn was having a great year like he did last year prior to the injury, or JJ McCarthy, like, I wouldn't be punitive or penalize those guys based upon what has happened. So I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Now, it'd be one thing if like. You saw J.J. McCarthy, if he was like somehow directly involved and connected or something like that. But this is this is the coaches. He may have benefited from it some, but I'm not going to penalize him for something that he really had no control over. And that's why as just like a fan, I think it's the best move if Petiti does nothing right now. Because not that you'll get your full answers, but if you line up the football this weekend and everyone knows what's going on, Everyone's changed their signs by now. There's no more quote-unquote advantage. And Michigan smacks Penn State. And in a few weeks, Michigan takes care of Ohio State for the third straight year in a row. I'm not saying no punishment should be done, but you kind of get your answers on how effective this whole scheme was. Yeah, I think there is something to that. But I will say this, like, you know, Michigan, you know, it's amazing what confidence does in life. And maybe that gave a little bit of confidence. Like, they're playing good football now. Like, I tell people, like, the, the signs, you know, that's not responsible for entirely of what they've done. I feel like it has meant, I think it mattered a lot more in last year's Ohio State game than it did two years ago. Interesting. I don't know if it was, if it two years ago, I mean, they, they handled Ohio State up there. Last year, I go back and look at it and I talked to some of the guys and, you know, there's some plays and I, I always say, tell guys, like sometimes you just pick a bad play to have a bad play and it's timed up perfectly and like the stars are against you. Well, you know, it's, it, a lot of times there's always a coincidence. Well, there may have been a little more than a coincidence um, last year with that. And so I, I just don't know how to handle this. Like is hardball being on the sidelines versus not, is that, does that make a significant difference? Uh, but I do know that a lot of these big 10 coaches are very upset. And to the point where like, if you're not going to do anything about this, why wouldn't we just fly drones over their practice and film it <laughs> ourselves? Like, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's like, I mean, it's like the kid, it's like 
I feel like I'm arguing with my kids on this. Like, if you're not going to punish him or punish like I've got four kids. So there's always, well, what about their shoes are on or their, their shirts over here? They didn't put their dishes away. I'm like, yeah, but this is a you issue. We're talking about you right now. And then we're trying to you know, mitigate all that. So I, I wish I had a better answer. I honestly feel for Tony Petiti because he had to clean up the TV contract mess. And then you get this dumped in your lap, like when everything's going so well. So I don't know if he, he's almost in a no-win situation, Zach. When you look at Ohio State this year, Bobby Carpenter, and I've said I, I don't think they're the best team in the country. I could understand why the committee puts them at number one, even though it was kind of laughable how much they were hyping up Rutgers the other night on that selection committee show. And I say that as someone that is from New York and has nothing against Rutgers and want to see Rutgers do well. Uh, do you think Ohio State's the best team in the country, or do you even look at that number one ranking and go, yeah, they're probably not the best team in the sport this year? Oh, I don't think – I don't think there's a great team in the sport this year. And so by resume, I think you'd probably say Ohio State, they're pretty good. And I will say this, you're an East Coast guy. This is probably the best Rutgers team there's been in like 10, since Greg Shannon was probably there the first time. They're good. Like defensively, they're good, and they can run the football. Trust me, I I watched the games when like Kyle Flood was the coach and then uh, Chris Ash as well. Nothing against him. Very nice guy treated me well. There were some bad games that I had to, to watch when I was covering Rutgers. Yeah, they're good. They're a tough team. I mean, they're probably going to win, you know, eight games, go to a bowl. I mean, Greg Shano, he's a, he's the perfect coach for there. So hopefully they never fire him and hopefully he doesn't leave. Um, again, I think he probably has figured that out. But I don't know, Zach, who the best team is. And so by resume, probably default, it's, it's Ohio State. Their defense is playing well. They've got some really good, talented offensive pieces. Have they been consistent all the time? Maybe not as thorough and you're used to a high-powered offense. I watch Georgia. I'm like, man, Georgia looks pretty good. And then, you know, Defensively, they've always been so stout. And, you know, I think Missouri is a good team, but they gave up 151 yards rushing to Missouri, 200 to Auburn. And look at Michigan, you know, they really haven't played anybody of consequence, so it's really tough to get a beat on them. You look at Washington, yeah, they beat Oregon, looks good, and then like they just stumble around for a couple of weeks. Oregon, I would say, I think is the best team in the Pac-12, except for the fact that Washington beat them. And yeah. so I have to say, results on the field matter. Like, that's my big thing. So I can't just supersede that. You know, Texas, I think Alabama might be better than them now, but Texas beat Alabama by double digits in Tuscaloosa. So, like, this year, Zach, it's just going to be like survive and get there. And, I mean, it is it is the flattest I think it has been because I think there's probably six or seven teams still that I look at and say they could probably win the national championship if they get the right matchup and play well. And I tweeted this out today, like before the year I had um, Georgia, I had Florida state, Washington, uh, Michigan, and um, what conference am I forgetting? One other conference as the schools are alive to win uh, the power five conference championships. And like the big 10, whoever wins the East, we know is going to win the big 10 championship, but it makes it really intriguing from the SEC and the Pac-12, because if we get Bama and Georgia and we get Oregon and Washington, Alabama and Oregon right now are the two most like alive teams in the country. I'm not saying the best teams, but they're trending in the right direction. Yeah, they're playing the best, best football right now. They've improved the most, and that's typically what you expect out of a Nick Saban team. They look miles better than what they did the first couple weeks of the season. Heck, they look rough against South Florida, you know, who they're playing Buckner and Ty Simpson, and then they go back to Milrow, and you're like, all right, they're going to just struggle with him, but they've slowly gotten better every week, you know? And so you see that there's been a lot of improvement there, uh, you know, from that Michigan's played pretty well, but Oregon, like you said, like I, I was on Washington at the beginning of the season, 
But I think Washington does have some flaws defensively, and I don't know if they can run it against the team other than USC. I mean, they seem to just let them rush up and down the field. Yeah. But but Oregon, I think, is good because they can play a variety of styles. Like they can get you in a scoring contest if they need to, but they can also slow it down, play a defensive game, and win that way, and like pound the ball on you and run it. So they they when you can play in different styles, it gives you some success, and that that is the one thing I think that Ohio State has the ability to do this year. We haven't really seen them light it up on offense, but if you look at all the teams this year, the ones that you have confidence in, it's the teams that have good defenses. In the era of like score, 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 you know, why do you think Oregon's better than Washington? Well, because they can play defense. Alabama, because they can play defense. Like that's that's a big piece of it now. And so the teams that can get stops, I think, are going to matter a lot this season. With all that being said, we know how great the Ohio State defense is this year. We know Marvin Harrison is the best non-quarterback in the sport. The big reason why I have skepticism with Ohio State is their quarterback, Kyle McCord. Where's your confidence in the Ohio State quarterback? You just must not have confidence in him because his dad went to Rutgers. That's, that's <laughs> probably where you're being. In. He played, played quarterback there. Um, I, I honestly think if you the, the Notre Dame game showed me a lot. And for anybody to put together drives like that, and that goes for any quarterback, especially when you're on the road, and when you can put together a final drive, despite what's happened throughout the game, and his ankle was bad. There's a lot of adversity around him. You know, they haven't looked great. And I go back and look, and there's just – it's been some small things. And so it's it's really close. It's not very far off from them being able to go out and score 42 to 49 a game. And I think also a little bit of it, Zach, is Ryan Day has kind of leaned into the fact that, hey, we have a really good defense. It, it doesn't behoove us to go out there and try to score 50 if in doing that we may throw another pick or have something happen where – Maybe it puts our defense in jeopardy, and should things not break the right way, then we're in trouble. And so I think he's kind of leaned in to that defensive mentality, which you've seen Nick Saban do this year, some of these other teams. So I I think that it's right. It's okay to have criticism there of Kyle. I mean, he hasn't been C.J. Stroud, but if C.J. Stroud is judged off the NFL, is looking pretty darn good so far. When you look at Ryan Day, Only six losses in his career. There are some Ohio State fans that are going to say, well, you lost the last two to Michigan and they put him on the hot seat. What is kind of the tone with the majority of the Ohio State fan base and not just some of the people that are like yelling about Ryan Day these days? Well, I think the majority of it is, it's always a vocal minority. Most people look and say, hey, like this guy is one of the top coaches in the country. Look at what he's done. You know, he's been here for a while. These aren't Urban's recruits. This isn't, you know, Urban's team. He's been here. He's been to CFPs. He's just not hasn't gotten over that hump. I mean, he's won some big games. You know, they beat Clemson. They've gotten down the wire. Heck, they. I mean, they were a forty-seven yard field goal away from beating Georgia last year. Like they were right on the precipice of getting it done. So they're not that far. They just have to find a way to eventually push it over the top and find a way to get it done. And so I think a lot of people realize that they want to beat Michigan. I think this sign the the situation up there has probably taken a little bit of heat off of him especially from last year because two years ago I I don't think it mattered last year at home it it, it just seemed like things were going a bit too well and a little bit in the second half you know they called it the meltdown but all of a sudden it it makes a little maybe a little more sense now so I think that's taken some heat off of him but and I for one I think Ryan is is a heck of a football coach and I always say if you want to get rid of him who are you going to hire and then like they kind of stumble around. I'm like, exactly. Like I've been around good coaches. I've been around bad coaches. Ryan is a really good football coach. Be glad that you have him. 
You think Urban Meyer will have a return to college coaching? I know there's always like those rumors, maybe Michigan State's going to make a run at him. Um, I don't think so. I know people have talked about it. There's been rumors, you know, they've offered him a hundred million and all this and heck maybe they have, you know, I think he's very content now. You know, he tried at Jacksonville. I honestly think Zach gets harder to coach in college now than in the NFL. Cause at least in the NFL guys are under contract in college. Like, Hey dude, you're yelling at me. Uh, I'm going to go dip and get in the portal. I'm out of here. Like you can't, you can't be as firm. Like you have to have a great relationship with people to be able to coach them hard. And so I think that I, I think he honestly saw that, took a step back, like, all right, I'm good. I'm having fun. Can watch my son-in-law coach at Ohio State and go see my grandkids. Like, and honestly, Zach, he's like a different person when he's not coaching. Um he when he coaches, I mean, he turns into like full-on like sociopath, locked in, singular focus. And then I saw him, you know, a couple nights, a couple weeks ago, he's in Columbus, you know, out like relaxing. It's like a different human being. Like it doesn't even make sense. Last thing I'll ask you just because I want your defensive mind with what you've watched this year in college football. Would you go Caleb Williams or Drake may, if you had the number one overall pick? Yeah, I'm going to be honest, full disclosure. I haven't seen enough of Drake may this year. Last year, I thought he was pretty good. Maybe a little more consistent. I know Caleb Williams can make some unbelievable plays. He does some reckless stuff. My only concern is with Caleb as he developed too many bad habits this year. Because you watch him, like, he tries to be a hero in every play. And sometimes it works, but then he's also put himself in harm's way. He's fumbled the ball. He's thrown some picks. And so I think that you have to make sure that you can eliminate that when you bring him in because that that does not work in the NFL by any stretch. Did you have any problem with him crying in the arms of his family like after the game? I didn't think that was a big deal, but some did. You know, listen, I'm a, I'm a very emotional player. I think the one thing I love about football is is the level of emotion that it takes to be able to play it. Um, you know, he poured it out in that game. I mean, I, I don't know. I never ran up and talked to my parents during or after a game that I was playing in college. You know, I'd wait for, you know, they'd wait after, for me after the locker room. But I don't necessarily have a, a massive issue with that, like, would you rather have a guy laugh and act like he doesn't yeah, care? Right. I mean, like, like, <laughs> Imagine something. he was eating a hot dog on the sideline laughing. Yes. People be crushing him. You can't win. It's a good point. <laughs> exactly. The hot. You go look at the hot dog situation. You know, from you know, was it Sanchez? Yeah, Mark Jets? Sanchez. Like, people, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's like, well, do you want that? I mean, because you're going to criticize that as well. So you can't really can't win for losing. Bobby Carpenter, always great to catch up with you and talk a little football with you. You'd be well. Thank you. I appreciate it, Zach. Thank you. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 